a tan And we really don't you need to know That you seem blind from the counts on Monday That you're waiting for the figures from Sandy And you got the rest of the team on side And we really don't need to know That you all think you're in the right ballpark That you're gonna make a mission statement About your marketing paradigm shift I'm on the train! He's 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 on the train! signal. I'll tell you what, ring me back. Shall I ring you or will you ring me? Oh, you'll ring him, then he'll ring me. Then I'll ring you, then I'll ring him. Hang on, my battery's just about to go flat. And we really don't need to know that you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, that you found a new network solution and that you're thinking outside the box. And we really don't need to know about your new proactive initiative, your win-win situation, your synergy, your Homer Simpson socks. I'm on the train. He's 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 on the train. 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 This is Red Button with Bill Lawrence and Ian Tallentire. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Red Button with me, your host, Adrian Cohen with the rest of the Box 39 team down at the pub. Here I am manning the fort at Cone Radio Towers. And this week I'm going to be taking a look at your messages and texts. And here is the first one, a text from Barry. It says, Dear Adrian, I would like to be the first to congratulate you on your promotion to Designated Broadcaster, capital D, capital B. I have long thought that you are the outstanding talent among the Box 39 team, and I think it has been a travesty that your Red Button show has been brought to an abrupt end week after week, only for the broadcast to then be continued from a pub with the same old community radio hacks, Bill and Ian, and to a lesser extent, Mike, because I quite like him. Your promotion, Adrian, has restored my faith in Cone Radio. You are a purveyor of Right On Radio, and you deliberately make my life better. Good luck to you, and thank you for touching so many lives in your until now underappreciated way. Well, thank you very much, Barry, for your kind words. It is true, I have uh, been promoted, at least that's how it's been framed, to the designated broadcaster, meaning that uh, I will hold the fort here in the studio while the rest of the crew go down to the pub. And here I am in the warm, dry studio here. So, uh, yes, well, it is, yep. Very kind words, thank you very much indeed. Oh, and here's another text. It's from Bill. It says, Aid... The designated broadcaster thing has not been announced yet. It's not possible for any listener to have known and to have sent you a text message about it. So, that first message was obviously written by you. Please cut it out. (laughs) Oh dear. Really, Mr. Lawrence? Are you accusing me of something? Stevie Bell. 
It's Stevie Bell! It's Stevie Bell! Oops, it's Ball, Stevie Ball. Sorry, it's Stevie Ball. Well, welcome everyone to Red Button here on Colm Radio. I am Bill Lawrence and uh, we're down the pub. Uh, we took a new pub this week. We're at the Goat and Cheese, which is just on the quayside at Wivenhoe. And thank you very much for Adrian. We'll be popping back to the studio with him, the uh, designated broadcaster uh, heir apparent. Um, but we're delighted really to welcome to the pub and to the, our little corner we've got here, uh, Steve Ball. Hi, Steve. Good evening. It's a pleasure to have you back. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sorry you've had to sit on the stool tonight, but uh, what with um, uh, Mike's bladder, he's got to have the comfy chair these days. Anyway. <laughs> got to let him in and out. <laughs> anyway, it's great to have you. And uh, one of the reasons you come on the show tonight is because we, we did a little bit about a kids' drama club, and uh, you've got a bit of a connection to that, haven't you? Yes, um, both of my daughters do drama at the Mercury Theatre, Monday and Tuesday, one on one and one on the other. So you're a bit of a, uh, one of these parents that's constantly uh, driving the old taxi, eh? Oh yes, Dad's taxi. And uh, in fairness, we both do quite a lot of it. It's, it's, the, it's the mum's taxi too. Yeah, well, it is uh, it is quite hard work, isn't it? When you've got children that uh, enjoy sports clubs, dance clubs, drama clubs, all those other clubs and uh, societies. Do you remember Mike having to go and take children to those things? Yeah, but uh, I didn't have to drive. It was um, taking my daughter Jo to uh, uh, dance um, uh, classes in um, Phillip Road uh, before it uh, became a uh, doctor's surgery. But... Uh, the, um, some people complain that um, you need a lot of kit, but I think it's worth it. And um, Joe, uh, to my proud uh, uh, response, became Dance of the Year for the particular the uh, the University of Essex. And wow, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, and when I was in Cuba, um, fantastic. I could go on about Cuba, but uh, the head of a ballet school, because I was talking about yeah. my daughter being uh, into ballet and yeah. dance, she gave me a pair of um, ballet shoes made by hand. And they're on uh, Joe's wall. It's just oh. something very special about that, that moment. I'm um, so you're wearing them tonight. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't tell everybody, <laughs> but I'm willing to tell you, Bill. It's okay if the kit gets used, but I, I have had an experience where we were asked to buy shin pads, football boots, etc. Yeah. 40 quid's worth. Yeah. Your sum total use, um, 20 minutes. Yeah. I do remember, not that I'm bitter about these things, but I remember sort of 20 years ago having to buy um, a kit for dance shows that was only worn the once off uh, and you had to wear it or otherwise uh, your child was just not included in the, in the dances. It was as quite, uh, as, 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 as quite vicious really, I suppose is a bit of a word for it. Anyway, um, parents, I do remember meeting lots of parents. Oh, is that how I met you, Steve? Uh, no, but I do. A lot of the parents that I used to meet at these things are very good friends. I think we met you slightly in an alternative way, but most of my friends now are actually people that I met uh, uh, waiting in line as dads uh, when children were very young. It was still through the kids, though. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, familiar faces they became. Those uh, haunted look in the eyes you you got to know. Uh, a dad, a dad waiting on a Saturday morning, as the possibly the alcohol levels were slowly still subsiding <laughs> in the dads, and they'd be sitting there as the ballet went on in the room next door. Do well, that? so many of us don't get to do the school run, so that's when you meet, isn't it, as dads? Yeah, and it's quite nice, really. I sound like I'm being rather cynical about it, but uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, certain sporting occasions out in the wind and rain. Possibly a few netball matches, which I, I didn't find the most exciting things, but uh, they always seem to be on rather bleak pitches where the winds could hit you from uh, coming all the way from from Russia. Anyway, what, what do you think, Mike? Well, I um, getting back to the school gates. Um, some of uh, my best friends and the family's friends are uh, are parents of children, and uh, we've kept in touch. As to the children who are now not children, they're about 30 years old. And although their uh, friends are living all over the country, one's a, um, uh, works for uh, a uh, museum in Manchester, but uh, my daughter and um, she keep in touch. I think it's an ongoing thing, which is very rich. Isn't it? Steve, your children just, uh, you've got one at primary, one at secondary. Can you, do you notice a difference in the, in the knowledge that you have of, uh, 
of your children's sort of friends uh, between a primary and a secondary uh, school? Not so much yet, because the older one's still year eight, so we still have a reasonable handle on where she is, what she's doing, and who <laughs> she's with. So they haven't quite uh, disappeared off upstairs to return in three years' time yet? No, not quite. They would, given <laughs> half an opportunity, but uh, no. I always just think about what to do, how to avoid that is go and live in a bungalow and they could never disappear upstairs. Uh, I do notice the difference, though, in timings, that you've yeah. got a year 12, and a, a year 8 and a year 5, so uh, the younger one's still at that transitionary period where things are happening straight after school, that time yeah. when everybody's still working, so it's hard mm. to get them there. yeah. I think they're a great bonus. I remember um, Joe brought a friend round and um, they used to uh, do the weather forecast. The only props we needed was uh, a board and they'd, uh, they'd put a map on. And um, I always remember, it's hilarious, we tried not to laugh because when they talked about a uh, weather system coming in from the north, they'd be pointing to the south. <laughs> and uh, when the warm air was coming up from uh, the Mediterranean, they were pointing to the north. And uh, we had great times there. And uh, we've got it on video, but I think they might be too embarrassed, <laughs> or maybe not, to well, show them. We had a lot of our kids' stuff on video from when they were tiny tots, and uh, someone wiped the lot. Oh, my dad managed to get all the old cine film of me onto VHS. Right. And you watch that? It's still around somewhere, yeah. yeah. They'll have to digitise it soon, won't Well, that's they? it, yeah. How many people have got the old spool uh, projector and turn, draw the curtains, invite the yeah. neighbours round? When I used to bring my friends around when I was 20, they'd stick it in the VHS player and, oh, look, there he is, naked in the kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. <laughs> well, I think uh, being a parent is a joy, isn't it? And those are some of the joys of being a parent. So while we, we contemplate on Steve, naked in the kitchen sink, age 24, uh, Mike, I think it's up to you. To, can you go and your turn for some beers? I think after that bit of information, it'd be a relief to go and get a beer at the bar. I'll get you some too. All right, thanks, Mike. And one to Steve. Thank you.
conversation set free. Red button. Okay, we're back here with Red Button and me, Adrian Cohen, your host. And I have another message from a listener. Here it is. Dear Cone Radio, I represent the National Dinner Ladies Union. I wish to protest about the negative image of dinner ladies propagated by your show, Box 39, earlier this evening. The dinner ladies of the United Kingdom have had considerable difficulty gaining exposure on TV and radio. And when we do... We hope to be portrayed as people who supply young people with nutritious food and beverages in the context of primary and secondary school educational institutions. We toil tirelessly producing edible inputs for student customers, only to find what we produce thrown up in our faces. You should be ashamed of yourselves. And that is from Daphne at the uh, NDU and I... Well, I think she's referring, of course, to the soap opera drama produced by the schoolchildren from the Mercury Group. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but you've given me food for thought, Daphne. You really have. And here's another message on the same topic. Dear Cone Radio, I represent the National Union of Dinner Ladies and Dinner Gentlemen. I would like to thank you and the whole Box 39 crew, and especially the Mercury Youth Theatre Group, for giving exposure to the dinner ladies and dinner gentlemen of Britain with your segment on the radio soap opera Comprehensive Colchester, featuring Brenda Thompson, the alcoholic dinner lady. The National Union of Dinner Ladies and Dinner Gentlemen wholeheartedly supports a more gritty and realistic portrayal of dinner ladies in modern Britain. Keep up the good work. And that's from Alan at the NUDD. Well, there you go. There are two sides to every story, and we really do try to be fair and balanced here at Cone Radio, and especially here on Red Button with yours truly, Adrian Cohen. everyone you are listening to box 39 here on cone radio and tonight we've got steve ball in the studio we've got mike harwood in the studio send your texts in send your uh emails in we've got adrian cohen back up there at cone radio towers we're down here in the goat and cheese on the quayside at Wivenhoe, and uh, we're talking to steve uh and steve's a photographer He's been on the show before talking about his photos, and uh, we really want to link this to what we were talking about before, what, uh, what children do, their sports, their hobbies, their clubs. So, Steve, uh, were you a photographer as a kid, or what did you used to do no, as a kid? No, not at no. all. Uh, what was your thing? Then? I was a sport billy for quite a while, cricket, yeah. football, rugby, swimming, 
So I was about 12, 13, then it all gradually got replaced with, with rock music. Yeah, but uh, I think it's different in those days because there was, there was places you could actually go and play sports. Uh, you could just sort of wander out as a kid. I mean, my parents used to say, right, out you go, see you in an hour. And you used to meet up with people and... So, didn't you, Mike? You used to find a ball, find a bit of ground to get yeah. on, and off you cycle went. all day. I used to love playing <laughs> playing football everywhere. And uh, when I was in Gillingham, my hometown was Portsmouth. I'd meet new uh, new young people by uh, if there was a game going on in the park. Uh, they'd uh, say, "Could I play?" And they say yes. And um, they weren't happy when I scored two goals against their uh, home team. But uh, it was all very jovial, and uh, it's a good way of mixing with people. Of course, you learned, uh, I guess, you were, where were you playing cricket? Uh, playing with a tennis ball, was it, Steve? Uh, originally, yeah, to begin with, you're just in the park, aren't you? You've got your mates there. Yeah. Jumpers for goalposts or tree stump <laughs> for a wicket. Yeah. And uh, going home with your clothes absolutely filthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And we used to uh, take advantage of the natural environment, didn't we? Like uh, two lampposts. And um, we had to uh, fold our arms and you had to hop. Uh, three people on one side of the road, three people on the other, and who got to the other side used to score a point. Not without uh, various falls at the time, but we loved it. <laughs> no cars are parked in the roads in those days, Mike. In fact, well, when you were a kid... Did they have cars? Yeah, just a few horse and carts, wasn't <laughs> That's it, right. Day, Mike? Someone said, watch out, there's another horse and cart coming, they said, in, in my village, which was Cow Plain, named after cows on the plane. It was uh, no cars there, mate. But uh, well, uh, I know uh, we were talking about outdoors sports there, but indoors uh, games and hobbies. I mean, kids play indoors, but all their games are connected to their uh, computers, aren't they? To you know, linking up through the wonders of technology to mates all over the world and instantly following the same screen environment. Uh, and what's it called? Fortnite is a sort of shoot 'em up game, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. I've never even looked at it. I yeah, couldn't tell I believe you. it is. But I mean, we used to play board games. You used to play board games. I used to play uh, a board game. What's well, sort of cross between a board game and going out and play football? Was a thing called Subutio. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, Super Striker. Yeah. Was that the rival? It was a later rival. Yeah, sort of you, could, TV version, you could put your it? finger behind one of the feet and <laughs> flick the head, and it go a lot faster. What was it called? Yeah. Super Striker. Never heard. It was of only that. five aside. Easier than Subutio. Yeah, yeah. I was. Well, doing... Sorry, Mike. Go no, on. I'm just saying Subutio. I did cause a few problems with a friend because um, I had the plastic bases and he had the uh, alternative kit. I'm not sure what the name was. It wasn't Sabutia, but it was uh, another company. And uh, I said, you ought to give me two goals ahead because his, uh, his players were tough. I mean, they had steel bases to my plastic. <laughs> so it was, it, was a, it, was an, it was an early lesson in uh, how to, uh, you know, be an, an early um, little figure. They went of, in for uh, tackles with studs yeah. up, didn't they? That's right. And uh, but I used to have to be like uh, you, well, he wasn't alive then, but uh, Ian Cruyff, and uh, think about tactically, but out to outplay, outplay the uh, the heavies. You know, it was uh, it was not dull. I was delighted uh, when my aunt somehow brought me a second-hand uh, table football, wooden, all wooden. Uh, great. One team were in red, one were in blue. You know, the football type thing, but it was just a simple wooden thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was terrific until I, I, I wondered what would happen if you leant down on the wooden bars and they just snapped. And that was the end of that. Uh, that, was a, that was a problem with games in those days. They, they did break easily, but then you just got on. You didn't. I'll tell you, it was something that didn't break. And uh, you remember that when you're very young and you wake up and um, your presents are in a uh, pillowcase at the bottom of the bed. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, not a lot of money about, but uh, you used to have one main small present uh, together with a uh, satsuma and a walnut. And when I opened my main present, it was a Meccano set number one. How oh, about I, that? Yeah, I had Meccano. Oh, I remember I that. Meccano yeah. blue. Blue uh, beams and yellow nuts. Was that right? Red nuts. You're still yeah. talking about Meccano, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, what did you do if you uh, if you just dropped one of those little uh, uh, nuts and you, you needed that to complete the uh, kit? Yes, I, I used to. There, there was a little leaflet that came in the box, wasn't there? And it sort of offered you various designs, but you had to look really, really carefully at the photos, which were never that clear. Yeah, that's I think right. there was a sort of big wheel, big Ferris wheel that I used to make quite regularly. Yeah. I did enjoy that. I've got great memories of that. I do have great memories of, of playing all these things. As a did child. you have any homemade presents, toys? Uh, yeah, my dad used to make, um, he made, uh, what do you call it, like a, a 
car that you pedalled. What were the like pedal go, car? No, go go kart. <laughs> I think we'd call it. Yes, my dad made. He was very good at that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, we had things like stilts that my dad made out of wood for Christmas and made some for these grandchildren as well. Yeah, but they're not as exciting as screens, are they? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, as a kid, I had these great things, but. There were always things I wanted to do that were just not allowed, were a bit impossible for me, a bit unrealistic, that I, I did always want to do. So what wasn't allowed and what kind of things? I wasn't allowed to uh, watch BBC. I always wanted to watch Blue Peter, but my parents were res- resolute uh, ITV magpie. Are you the antithesis of our house? <laughs> You're not watching Tiz Was. That's for paupers. No, you watch Swap Shop. I did always want to do that because I wasn't allowed. I think it's, a, it's, it's this thing, isn't it? What you're not allowed to do, you want to do even more, don't you? Yeah, there was one thing I wasn't supposed to do, but I loved, uh, which was um, helping the milkman uh, on his rounds with a uh, open-sided uh, electric uh, delivery milk van and that was fantastic actually being able to leap off and deliver uh, milk bottles and uh, come back and hold on good job my parents didn't see me but uh, I was going to say didn't you <laughs> things you weren't allowed to do didn't you just go and do them anyway absolutely we were told never go to Bullock Woods yeah. and I'm like yeah. but mum there's nobody there yes that's why I don't want you to go so yeah. of course what's the next thing you do you go to Bullock Woods don't yeah. you yeah. And I, I got carried away and I took my parents back a, a, a free bottle of milk they said where did you get that from I thought oh, oh, oh what do I say what do I say <laughs> But it didn't matter. I had two at the time. We uh, we went into a nearby field and rearranged the square hay bales, straw bales that had been laid out. I don't think they're square anymore, but the combine harvester in those days threw them out square. And we made a den. And you went in one place and there were secret rooms and it was pitch black and it all smelt of straw and hay in the summer. And uh, I snogged Elaine Waterhouse in there. <laughs> That's why we wanted to know that. <laughs> she filed the lawsuit, yeah. <laughs> I would like to leave this city This old town don't smell too pretty And I can feel the warning signs Running around my mind And when I leave this island I put myself into a soul asylum Cause I can feel the warning signs Running around my mind So here I go Still scratching around in the same old home Feels young, but my mind is very old. So what do you say? You can't give me the dreams that are mine anyway. Half the world away. Half the world away. Half the world away. I've been lost. I've been You know I'd stay, but I just can't stand it And I can feel the warning signs Running around my mind And if I could leave this spirit I'd find me a hole and I'll live in it And I can feel the warning signs Running around my mind Still scratching around in the same old home My body feels young but my mind is very old So what do you say? You can't give me the dreams that are mine anyway 
You're listening to Red Button on Colon Radio. Red Button. Unrestrained and unleashed. And we're back here with the designated broadcaster, Adrian Cohen, in the studio, not outside, not out in the rain, not locked out, as has been the case these last few weeks, but here in the warm, dry studio, designated broadcaster, Adrian Cohen, bringing you Red Button. And I have another message, and that's what we're doing this week. We're taking a look at our mailbag, or our our text bag, or our our digital uh, uh, mailbag. Uh, Dear Red Button, I think I am right to contact you in connection with comments and questions about the Box 39 program. I have tried to contact Box 39 directly, but the program, along with Cone Radio as a whole, seems utterly monolithic and faceless, and even worse than the BBC, in terms of how it shields itself with layers of opaque bureaucracy and legions of insecure and defensive middle management. Adrian, I know you have a good heart, and I also sense you are the only person in the Box 39 world whose instincts as a broadcaster are genuine, and whose love for the people living within an approximately 20-mile radius of Wivenhoe is sincere and abiding. If you read this out, it will make my day. And so, I'd just like to say, despite all the contractual turmoil, and regardless of whether they are now called Ausgang Exit Reborn, or whatever, I absolutely love the music that Henry and the band make. Long may it continue. And that's from Tina. Uh, Thank you very much, Tina. And uh, Bill Lawrence, if you're thinking of sending me a text now about that one, don't bother. Point taken. And now, here is a song that I know is a great inspiration to Ausgang Exit and Henry, and that is The Talking Heads, 1978, Thank You For Sending Me An Angel. To box 39 and uh, we're not box 39 exactly where it's box 39's little sister show red button but it's the box 39 gang although we're not in the studio as you can hear we're down at the uh, the goat and cheese on the quayside at wivenhoe if you want to come and join us uh, we've left adrian up at the studio uh, just to lock up really and to do a little sweeping up and tidy up and maybe wash up the coffee mugs. So we're here and uh, we've got our special guests with me. We've got Mike uh, Harwood on my left and on my right, Steve Ball. Now, Steve, 
Hello, ah. Bill again. We've been talking about what it was like to be kids, what our kids do, all that thing. Your kids at drama club, age 12 and 13, your oldest one. Now, what were you doing when you were 12 or 13? Who were your heroes, for example, when you were 12 or 13, Steve? Uh, biggest one was probably Gene Simmons of Kiss. All now, his makeup to, and his yes. bass guitar and his dribbling blood capsules. You might have to explain a bit more. Was Kiss the band that Orwell sort of like an extreme version of clowns makeup almost? Was yeah, it? pretty much. <laughs> and, and their music, what was their music like? It was, it was rock, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I, the word, something that rhymes with rock uh, would be in front of that, but I should probably can't say it this time of evening. But uh, well, yeah, no, I, just like I can't actually say the very first band we heard on the show, which was uh, a live version of on, on the Train with Adrian Edmondson and Phil Jupiter's, are called the Idiot. Can't say that word. Band. Yes. <laughs> so we can't say those words, I'm afraid, Steve. But why? What? Why were they you, your heroes? I mean, it's a really interesting hero. But why did you like? I think I've been always to be a footballer before that, and, and then suddenly there's this. You become a teenager, and there's this world of guitars and rock, and it all looks so glamorous, doesn't it? And they're up there on a stage in front of thousands of people and doing something creative. And uh, you, you, uh, do you still yearn to be up there on a stage in front of people? I mean, you, you are a very creative person with your photography. No, I think it's it, it's more about just being creative now, not yeah. worrying about having adulation of teenage girls anymore. But, I mean, they still do it, don't they? You were saying they're still doing it. Oh, yeah, how, I went to see them last Gene, year. How old is Gene Simmons? Well, they must say? be late 60s. They must all be pushing towards 70 by now, I think. They still want to do that Because they've been job? going since about 1970. I mean, I've been doing the same job for 30 odd years, and I've, you know, I can't well, see myself. Well, they've been doing, doing it for much 50 longer. years, well, nearly how, 50 years. How do they get that? I mean, well, they've probably paid more than you, Bill. <laughs> Surely not. Now, uh, Mike, who were yeah. your heroes at 12 or 13? Well, I would say uh, the whole of the Portsmouth football play, uh, team because um, they won the uh, First Division Championship in um, around that time, 50 51, and um, uh, people that probably. Couldn't know Jimmy Dickinson, Peters, who was a fast winger, Dougie Reed, who could break the back of the net. Um, and I remember seeing Nat Lofthouse, who uh, rose out of nowhere, just immaculate. And the, the, the play wasn't as physical as it is now, and there was room to uh, show off the skills. And I remember seeing Stanley Matthews, and uh, apparently he was being paid at the time £10 a week, same as everybody else. I thought they were supposed to allow proper tackles in those days, and they are all sort of... You know, all, all a bit sort of snowflakey now when there's a tackle goes in. Oh, no, not to my memory. But didn't so. they uh, sharpen their studs in those days? You couldn't, couldn't you push the goalkeeper in the back of the net <laughs> in 1951? <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you want to be when you're an adult? Uh, when you were ch- when you were sort of 12 or 13. Uh, you might have had the hero. Did you actually want to be Gene Simmons, or was, or was there anyone else you wanted to be as an adult? Steve? Oh. or type of person or a career or a no, no, no careers no. <laughs> still don't know what I want to do now no, maybe true. I'm still not an adult maybe I've got time how, uh, how about you Mike who did you want to be well you? I'm not sure about the time scale but I've got a strong memory of um, wanting to be Michael Wilding who was uh, a good looking um, film star at the time and uh, the reason I wanted to be him was he was going uh, always sort of uh, in films with Alan Eagle who I was kind of uh, very young in, in love with did they talk? <laughs> they didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I can say when I was uh, when I was twelve or thirteen, I wanted to be uh, uh, a man called Mike. I wanted to be a man called Mike, and he was in Buck's Fears, and I wanted to be him because he was the one that spun that girl round and ripped her skirt off. <laughs> so you wanted to be a sex pest? <laughs> no, I mean, that dance did have a... It had quite a long-lasting effect on me as a teenage boy, that dance, I seem to remember. Um, yeah, so... Probably I best not go there. <laughs> Talk, no. Talking about music, um, if we can maybe extend it a little bit beyond 12, 13, but somewhere around that time, but after, it was... Um, my heroes became uh, Count Basie, Stan Kenton, the big bands. And that's because... Um, on the radio you got things like um, how much was that doggy in the window the one with the waggly tail boom boom woof woof what was in that last drink Mike <laughs> <laughs> well they, they were out of the 4% I had to, find, had to go for a 6.5 it's very good I recommend it <laughs> oh. 
Well, uh, a final thing I'd like to ask both of you, really, is if you can meet yourself aged, uh, aged about 13, what advice would you give to yourself? Buy a camera. Yeah, Mike? Well, I think um, Edie Greens used to cause so much trouble when, uh, you know, I'm not having a cabbage and uh, uh, I, I love it now. But, it's done uh, wonders for you. I've never met such oh. a, a fit and, uh, yeah. and young-looking 98-year-old. Well, it has been up and down a lot, though. <laughs> My muscles have to be strong than someone going up for the beers, I tell you. <laughs> if I could meet myself when I was told, I would say rather similar to you, uh, Steve. I'd say uh, take more photos. Of yourself. Yes. Well, not of me. As you're growing up, what you're doing... When I was Gene Simmons, remember? I used to put my <laughs> hand in front of my face every time someone produced a camera. Yeah. Not now. Not... Well, camera what, out. Wrong right. side of it now. Or the right side of it. Uh, what about um, what you wanted to be as an adult? Was there anything that uh, Bill or Steve, you, you thought you'd like to be, you were glad you weren't? Because, uh, for example, I wanted to be a navigator... Which would have been great for a few years, but could become very boring. But anything you wanted to be that you no, wanted... No, I, I didn't realise till 30 that I could no longer be a rock star or a footballer, <laughs> so it took me too long to find that out. It's not too late for the rock star, Steve. I think it might be. <laughs> We're here back in the studio with Adrian Cohen, also known, a.k.a. the designated broadcaster. Let's take a look. Dear Box 39, is it just me, or are your musical selections for Box 39 sometimes extraordinarily clumsy and ill-thought-out? Sometimes I just want to tear my hair out. Don't get me wrong, I love you all to bits. I sit stripped naked except for the sweatbands on my wrists on a suitably protected chair at my dinner table here in Wivenhoe at 8pm every Thursday evening with a pint jug of gin and tonic and ice and cucumbers on my eyes because Box 39 is after all radio and not television so the cucumbers don't obstruct my enjoyment. But come on, what is going on? What is the bizarre uniformity all about? Not in terms of genre or style of music, but in terms of topics or lyrics or titles of the selected songs. Take this week, for example. Song after song had the word secret in the title. Secret journey, secret place, secret God, secret world. What were you thinking? 
Anyway, just the pennies worth of a rabid fan and admirer. Thank you for all that you do. It's now red button playing, and I still haven't put my clothes back on. I see. Yours truly. Okay, so actually, I'm not going to mention that listener's name. So, uh, well, I don't know what to say about that. Yes, the songs all have the word secret in the title, and so does this one. Here is Show of Hands playing their version of Secret World. I stood in this unsheltered place. Till I could see the face behind the face All that had gone before had left no trace Down by the railway siding In a secret world we were colliding And all the places we were hiding love What was it we were thinking of? So I watched you wash your hair Underwater, unaware And the plane flies through the air Did you think you didn't have to choose it? A tie alone could win or lose it And all the places we were hiding love What was it we were thinking of? In this house of make-believe Divided in two like Adam and Eve You put out and I receive Down by the railway siding in a secret world we were colliding In all the places we were hiding love What was it we were thinking of? And the world is turning round and round the house is crumbling, but the stairway stand With no guilt, no shame, no sorrow or blame Whatever it is, we're all the same Welcome to Back to Red Button here on Comb Radio. We're very sorry if there was a drop-off in sound, but it's entirely the fault of Adrian up there in the studio, uh, the broadcaster designate, who, as as usual, pushed the wrong button and uh, pulled the wrong nub. And unfortunately, if we did drop off, you have our apologies. Now, we're here in the uh, the Goat and Cheese on Wivenhoe Key. Do please come pop down and join us. Uh, we're sitting here, and I've got Mike Harwood and Steve Ball. And the last part of our chat tonight, we're going to say, well, we've been talking about what it was like to be 12 or 13, what games we played, what things we did, what our children did at that age. But now, let's bring it back to when I was 13. Yes, me, Bill Lawrence, uh, the man here in the front of the microphone. It was 1975. That's how old I am. I was 13 it was 1975 so i've got a little quiz little quiz for the people here uh sitting in the pub not for our presenter of course who's barely 13 himself now um but uh, for you mike and steve let's start off first of all who was the number one 
uh, UK number one record um, band uh, in 1975. Any ideas? Any guesses? Whoa. Mike, have a um, guess. Who do you think it is? Thinking, thinking. I'm going to have to come back to you on that one, uh, Bill. Uh, uh, Steve, any ideas? Can I hazard a guess at Bohemian Rhapsody by oh, Queen? Oh, you're right. You're absolutely uh, right. I love that I song. think it was number one for seven weeks, wasn't it? A long time, and it was uh, the probably the longest one, uh, number one that, that they'd been because they wouldn't play stuff on the radio that was that long before That's that. Right. It was finally pushed off the number one place by Laurel and Hardy and the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Dear, oh, oh dear. Yeah, and of those two, I know which one I prefer, and it's certainly not Laurel and Hardy. At least it wasn't kept off number one, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like well, Vienna, kept off by <laughs> Shut Up or Your Face. Oh, that's right. Well, a- another question. Uh, who were the Blue Peter presenters in 1975? Try one of them, if you can guess one of them. 1975, who were our Blue Peter... Uh, I, I struggle with this one being a magpie man. Uh, but uh, any ideas? Well, Shep. apart from Shep, how about um, Goldie? How about Peter much. Noakes or uh, John? No, no, uh, Pete? John Purvey. Peter Noakes and John Purvey? No, no. Yeah, well, we got those two: John Noakes John and Noakes Peter Noakes Purvey. And Peter who, who was a girl? Um, oh, I tell you what, it was Leslie Judd. You're right. Eh? You're yeah. right. Well done. You've got a good memory. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm still testing on 1975. Oh, this one's for you, Steve. I'm going to throw this one to you. Uh, Doctor Who. Who played Doctor well, that's Who? That's an easy one because all through my era of the 70s, it was Tom Baker. And a friend of mine actually met him recently in Sussex and photographed him. He was does history tours in Sussex somewhere. Tom Baker does history yep. tours in Sussex. And he's still just as big and booming doing that as he is everything else. Yeah. Does he still wear that checkered scarf? I don't think he does, no. <laughs> yeah. There's another... Who's that other actor that talks like this? Is that Brian Blessed, you're yeah, thinking like of. Yeah, twins, aren't they? Yeah, they are a bit. Yeah. OK, uh, one for you, Mike, because you're, you're up there, you're a politics man. Yeah. Who's the Prime Minister? Oh, definitely uh, Harold, Harold Wilson. Well, uh, tell me a bit about him. Well, he smoked a pipe. He used <laughs> to uh, spend, his, uh, spend, his, spend his holidays in, um, in Sicily. Not Sicily, Sicily. Isles. That's Sli- right. Slightly Isles. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Windier. And, uh, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been very happy in uh, Sicily, but uh, he liked the simple life. Um, yeah. His, okay. His wife um, wrote poetry. Not very good, but, uh, you know, at least she was creative. Yeah. Now we know why. Uh, yeah. Well, 975, let's, yeah. uh, let's hand in a guess. Um, uh, I tell you what, we're running out of time, so I'm going to pick just randomly off my top of the head. Um, who were the FA Cup winners? Oh, the what a surprise that one's coming up, eh? Uh, anyone know? We know 1978, don't we, Mike? We certainly do. Ipswich. Yeah, we're just gonna, I think we'll forward wine three years. Yeah. Can't remember 75, it was inconsequential. I think it might have been uh, unusually West Ham. Oh, there's a surprise. It and was. they beat a London team. They did. They, built, they beat a that? Fulham team with oh, two yeah. former England players. Of course, the ex-West Ham captain, captaining... But uh, Fulham, his last ever appearance at Wembley, that was Lord Sir Bobby Moore uh-huh. and Alan Mullery. Oh, he was good, yeah. He was a yeah. terrific player. Yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Oscar-winning film, oh. any idea who won no. the Oscar? I'm going to give you, I'm going to do a bit of a mime here. It will be a mime Titanic. with sound in it. Uh, here's the mime of sound coming up. And... Uh, um, the mime of sound. What can I do for here? Uh, 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 I can make a noise like a bird. But uh, no. cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. Come on, Steve. Ah, you must be able hang to on. Out. Can I come in here? Go yeah, on. Is someone who was born in the same year as me, eighteen and nineteen thirty-seven. Eighteen ninety-seven. And it's Jack Nicholson. And it's coming to me, Jack Nicholson. Cuckoo. Ah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Fantastic film. That's very. Yeah, Excellent. and a real exposure of uh, of kind of what was going on there. Uh, well, that's uh, absolutely brilliant, in, Mike. Yeah, you, you know that it's a great film. I will have to talk about this next time because I think it's your yeah. turn to go up and get our final beers, Mike. Well, again, that's the Come third. Come thirsty, Mike. That's, that's the on, third Mike. round I've got. Up you go. Are you getting up for the loo? <laughs> Cause I feel that 
is over but we're back again next thursday at nine o'clock i'm bill lawrence we'll be here on colm radio please join us for more later evening conversation and music this has been a guppy production for colm radio